staff and management. Feel it coming in the air yeah. And the screams from everywhere yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Hey, welcome into the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, 888-346-9144. We are live here in studio. Today is Monday, coming straight off the weekend with a crazy, bizarre uh, weekend in sports. Definitely uh, definitely crazy in the football rankings of college football. Some upsets were made. Ohio State finally goes down, and I believe that will drop them pretty significantly out the playoff standpoint. And also, they had a bunch of guys that uh, came out to the media and, and one particular is Ezekiel Elliott making it for sure that he's done at Ohio State at the end of the season and that he's still going to compete hard I'm not too sure if Urban Meyer was too happy about that so we I'm pretty sure that story is going to break up here pretty soon and you're going to hear a lot about it 888-346-9144 is the number to call in join us on the show Demery Lachey is here in studio riding solo once again just like on Friday's show shall be having Kwame calling in pretty soon. Um, I know he was out of town at San Diego, uh, in San Diego, I should say, and watching that horrific game between the Chargers and the Chiefs in which the Chiefs came out straight dominated on LaDamian Tomlinson's um, LT, his retirement day. Retired his jersey, um, got his name, um, you know, in the rafters and the billboards across the Chargers stadium, which we still don't know how much. Longer, you know, his name will be up there in the state of in the city of San Diego. But um, he did get the award, and you know, Kwame playing with him, close friends still to this day. Uh, went and paid tribute and contribution to uh, his success, and I'm pretty sure he probably still stuck <laughs> in San Diego, California, either the traffic or the plane flights. It's hard to get out of there. But last night, there was a big game last night. Uh, really, significantly, I mean, it really didn't have a huge meaning towards a playoff both of these teams are standing pretty high in the playoffs uh in the nfl between the arizona cardinals and the cincinnati Bengals, and it was it was a lot of build-up um prior to this game due to uh both teams having this success both of these teams being you know cardiac teams and you know you don't know which team is going to come out but they both showed their true colors i believe last night it was it was a great game it was a great all-around game came down to the last second field goal uh, kicked in by the Cardinals, and uh, Andy Dalton, you know, came back firing and on all cylinders last night. Uh, I believe he he had a pretty he had a decent game. You know, um, it was a great great matchup between Agent Green, Patrick Peterson for the most part. Before Peterson went down with looks like an ankle sprain. Um, news hasn't really came out just yet. Bruce Arians have not spoken on it and has not spoken on Peterson's health or where he stand at right now, but. What a game last night. I mean, the Bengals came to play, and I know last week on the show we were discussing, you know, d- depending on what, what Bengals team we see, is it's either they're the real deal in which they uh, persuade in their last, in the first eight games in which they went 8-0, and now they're coming off two straight losses uh, on back-to-back weeks, one versus the Houston Texans, and now last night against the Cardinals. But I think, you know, the Bengals are here. I think there's the real deal. I, I don't think... Th- that old Bengals um, mindset, that old Bengals play, I don't think it's lingering in. I don't think it's lingering back. I think the team has really shut it down, um, and, and they're ready to go. They, they went up against a tough Arizona Cardinals team at home with the Cardinals being at home. Um, it was it was a tough game for them to win. 
and I'm glad to see, you know, kind of where Andy Dalton and the boys stand at. I would throwing up 17 points in the fourth quarter that shows that they, you know, that they did not collapse, that they they did not, you know, run away from, you know, potentially winning this ball game. I mean, they they definitely had a chance, you know, in the last drive and which the Cardinals held them up to a field goal and you know, Andy Dalton and the boys, they they had a chance to to go up to to take this game. Um but you know, the Cardinals did not allow it. I mean, it was great defensive play by both teams. Uh, they, both of these guys were getting after it, but the Bengals had, you know, some injuries also towards their, you know, their secondary. But, I mean, it really didn't have no significant, you know, difference with the playoff standpoint. I mean, it is important to win. Winning is very important. So they were talking, you know, potential Super Bowl matchup. Uh, maybe, could be. But, you know, we'll see how the season play out. Both of these teams have some tough, tough schedules, you know, still ahead of them on the way to go. But with the Cardinals coming out, victorious, being 8-2, and two, um, I think this puts them even closer to Carolina. The Panthers on their heels even closer. Um, some other teams also bounce back with some victories that, we, you know, we'll talk about a little bit later. But on the game last night, um, I don't know where to begin. I mean, that matchup, first and foremost, that matchup with A.J. Green, Patrick Peterson, I was very excited. I, was, I couldn't wait. To see that match, to see them two go at it, two you know all pro um, pro bowlers going at it, and then when when Peterson got hurt, you kind of seen you know the Cardinals they they had to sh- shift gears a little. They had to throw uh, you know they threw Bethel kind of their bigger corners, Bethel and Powers on AJ Green in that matchup, and you know Andy Dalton. Them I don't think they really took advantage of you know that, that matchup. Yeah, he was targeted a couple times with some throws that were off. But, I, like, going deep again, uh, I know they hit it up in the first quarter uh, over Powers with A.J. Green, the man-to-man matchup, but I don't think, like, Dalton and them really took advantage of it. You know, once Peterson was off the field, I thought it, it was going to be a struggle for that uh, Cardinals defense to switch gears and to handle, you know, can they match up with A.J. Green and also keep, you know, Tyler Eifert, you know, out of the end zone. Can they still take advantage of the matchup, in which they couldn't, you know? Tyler Eifert scored in two touchdowns, bounced it back. I know Kwame gave him a hard time last week. And talking about, you know, how Eifert had so many drops and he should be cut. No, I mean, he just, the kid just had a bad game. I believe he bounced back against a tremendous defense, a tremendous team in the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, Andy Dalton and them, they, they literally went down to the last, you know, their last drive to see if they could pull this game out. I think the Cardinals, you know, did the Cardinals win or did the Bengals just lose it? I, I think the Cardinals won this game. You know, Carson Palmer was on fire on the offensive end after he, his two turnovers at the beginning, but he ended up finishing the game with four touchdown passes, a little over 300 yards passing. Um, he, he got things going, especially in the second half there with the rookie J.J. Nelson um, exploding last night. I mean, that – that offense, they have so many just weapons. You know, if they want to kill you with straight speed, they'll do it. And that, in which they did with John Brown and JJ Nelson, who was coming out of nowhere. I mean, that, that kid's he, he's fast. He's electrifying. And him with him having a big game, then you, they got it, the ball to you know to the savvy veteran and Larry Fitzgerald. Of course, you know, winning out, you you have to find your best player on the field on that last minute drive, uh, whatever it may be. And Larry was making, you know, some traditional NFL veteran plays. I mean, he was getting open one-on-one coverage against uh, Leon Hall, um, you know, because of the secondary, 
injuries. I don't think obviously Leon Hall. I don't think he's their best corner for a guy like Pat for a guy like Larry Fitzgerald. With Adam Pacman Jones, you know, being out, I believe Pacman would have been on that matchup, you know, going into the last series. But you know, next guy in, next guy step up, and Larry Fitzgerald just just made an example out of uh, Leon Hall saying, you know, you're not ready for this level just yet. You're not ready for this moment. Um, and he made the best of it. And Carson Palmer in the clutch situation, you know, this is a huge victory for him. He, you know, made it personal all week. He he came out to the media, came out publicly, and just stated, you know. The the exit out of Cincinnati was not that thrilling, and you know it was not a good exit. And you know, probably no friendships are made after the simple fact of the business and the work they did in Cincinnati together. So he kind of took this game a little personal, and you could tell he really wanted this game so bad. I mean, he was taking chances. I mean, when they were going three and outs, he was running off the field, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how to get back into it, and you know where where the miss is at, and. He figured that would deal out, especially second half. I mean, they got the, that offense was just rolling. Andre Ellington and Chris Johnson both running the ball fluently. I mean, both sides of the football. I believe Cincinnati, you know, Bernard Bernard had a great running day. You know, Thunder and Lightning, once they got in the red zone, Bernard and Hill were just unstoppable. Great to see Hill and Matthew going at it, you know, two former LSU. I don't know if they're taking the frustration out of what LSU was displaying the last three games on that three-game losing streak. But it was great to see them two guys go at, go at it, you know, on Hill's touchdown. It was, that was, that was, that's football. That's fun to see. You know, we could be friends later, but on the field, you know, you're my enemy. You're, you're the guy who I'm trying to beat. So, you know, with Matthew not letting this guy celebrate in his hometown, <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. That's funny. That's awesome. That's, 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 that's all football. And, you know, it's, that's just the right way to play the game, you know. Moving forward, you know, they, they the Cardinals, I believe, have the toughest road ahead next to the Cowboys, I believe. Um, and we're going to see, you know, the real deal Cow- the real deal Cardinals. You know, I think they take one or two losses on the way. Uh, I think it will prepare them even more for the playoff standpoint. And it, those guys just have to stay healthy. With Patrick Peterson now going down with, you know, Carson Palmer, you never know his health standpoint. You got to keep those running backs healthy. Chris Johnson, Andre Ellington. You know, Dre's known to go down. Michael Floyd did not play last night. It's it's time to keep these guys healthy because, you know, playoffs are coming. That was the excuse last season. You know, no Carson. Uh, you know, Larry wasn't feeling too well. It was literally like, you know, the health issues. So due to that standpoint, you know, with, with the Bengals, I'm, I'm looking over at the Bengals side as well. And their healthy standpoint, I mean, literally their whole, almost their whole secondary went down. And that was tough, you know. That was tough for Cincinnati to go through. That was tough for them boys to, you know, bounce back, especially in that last-minute drive, t- trying to hold up Larry Fitzgerald, John Brown, and J.J. Nelson, who which came out of nowhere, trying to hold up that whole deal in that last drive. You know, it, it, it puts a lot of pressure on your coaching staff. And Marvin Lewis, you know, them boys came up short once again. We do have Dougie B calling here on the lines. Dougie B, what's going on, man? What's going on, brother, man? Hey, same old, same old thing, man, living in your world. I hear you, man. Just uh, enjoying that Cardinals win from the Super Bowl 50 preview from last night, Sunday Night Football. <laughs> you think it's a preview? You know, I mean, especially with the way that the, both those teams played, it, it very easily could be. And I, I know I mentioned it on the show last week, and it definitely did disappoint. I mean, you could tell why they moved that game up for the Sunday Night game instead of having it during the day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, it just, 
back and forth and came down to the last drive. And it was, uh, you know, it was funny because I was talking to Quan a little bit on the text and, you know, in reference to our secondary game eight up. Mm-hmm. And I have to apologize to the Arizona Cardinals secondary because you, Andy Dalton, I mean, he has an arm and he was making smart choices. He wasn't, you know, trying to rush a pass, and he was sitting back there. He looked comfortable, and I got to give it to him. I mean, that secondary played probably one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and they still held their own. A few missed tackles, but other than that, you know, I was really impressed by the way the whole defensive unit, you know, came out and played against that Cincinnati Bengals, you know, team. And even for the Cardinals, and, you know, I mean, there's some ups and downs, and Palmer threw two. Two early picks, but they were able to come back and, you know, it made an exciting game for sure. That's, we'll see. Possibly a Super Bowl 50 preview, though. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And you're right. I, I think Andy Dalton was literally still under a ton of pressure. He did get sacked four times last night. I mean, it, they were in his face, that defensive front for the Cardinals. But he made some, like you said, he made some big-time significant throws underneath that pressure. He didn't turn over the football. He threw for over 300 yards. I mean, he was he lived up to the moment. And you know, me and you me and you especially last week discussed depending on how the Bengals come out and look this week against the Cardinals will solidify are they the old Bengals or are they this new, you know, ready to go, ready, you know, um ready to get over that second hump. And I believe that, you know, they made their sense that they are here to stay. You know, this season's no fluke. They just run to a, a tough Cardinals team being at home. You know, that game, and they still almost pulled it out in the Cincinnati Bengals. And moving, you know, moving on forward, moving forward with the Bengals and their schedule, I think they're going to bounce back and get things going again. Now they do host the Rams, then they're at Cleveland, home against the Steelers, Niners, at the Broncos, and then home against the Ravens to end the season out. I think this game, this loss, you know, Marvin Lewis is not going to – you know, punish. You know, you hate losing, but I don't think he's not going. I don't think he's going to make a headliner out of it. Like he's going to make positive views out of this game against a very dominant, great Cardinals team at home. And you know, they had a couple mistakes happen, and they had some secondary injuries. But moving forward, what do you see Cincinnati? You know, ending up because you know, you we, me and you talked about it for sure last week on you know how the performance is going to lay out between uh, with, yeah. with the Bengals. Yeah, and and you look at the schedule coming up. I really only see the possibility of one, maybe two losses. You mentioned St. Louis. The Rams just, they can't get it going. Uh, they look they looked a lot better at the beginning of the season, and something happened over there in St. Louis. And then uh, Pittsburgh's probably going to be their toughest game looking at the schedule coming out. Uh, just, I mean, that's always a little bit of a rivalry um, going back and forth. Um, you know, and Pittsburgh's hard to play. Other than that, I don't see any other any other team that can come out and, and just look at it and say, well, that's going to be a loss for Cincinnati. I think they've got the weapons, especially with offense, to pretty much compete with anybody, especially in the ASC. And I think their biggest component is going to be, you know, look at Tom Brady and that Patriots team when they come up. And, uh, you know, those are my two picks for the ASC championship game. And mm-hmm. looking at the NFC, obviously, I'm, I'm thinking probably Cardinals and Carolina. Um, but we'll see how everything shapes up with the uh, with the playoffs because it might not be a matchup that happens because we know how the NFL playoffs and the top four divisions and top two records get the bye week and then you have the two wild cards. So 
a lot of football left to be played still, and a lot of these divisions are there's some tight races going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, with Cincinnati, I, I think they end up the season maybe with one more loss at that, um, and they're going to come in strong with the playoffs. And they look they look they look like a different Cincinnati team than last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about that on Thursday. You know, Thursday is this going to be the Cincinnati? I mean, the Houston game was just a debacle, but. They showed last night because we mentioned a win or a loss. If they come to play mm-hmm. and they lose, that's going to be the factor. And they definitely came to play. I mean, thirty-four, thirty-one. You can't, you can't be too upset with that. It hurts to lose, anyways. But to come out with that Cardinals team and show what they did, I mean, they just the secondary looked great for the, the Bengals and Dalton. Like we talked about, he was able to be poised back in the pocket, didn't make the mistakes and. That's the difference between Dahl this year and last year. If you look at Andy Dahl last year, he made a lot more mistakes. He tried to force a lot more throws. This year, he's more comfortable in that system. He's got a lot of weapons on the offense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Brady and the Patriots, if they match up in the playoffs, it's going to be a good, good matchup. And I don't know if the Patriots have enough to beat the Bengals. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. But that could be hard, you know, that could be hard, you know, talking a little bit too because, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, my Ohio teams, but you well, yeah, and you know, with Osweiler now taking over uh, until Peyton Manning, I guess you know gets healthy again. Who knows how that story is going to end up? It is something building, which we'll talk about you know a little bit later here on the show. But uh, you know where Brock went to school at, right? Yeah, I know where he went. Okay, I know where he's from, but I, and I know where he went. He, he's had a better NFL career so far than his college career. You're right. <laughs> so well, yeah, far, the Sun Devil, baby, which oh, we had a big win with over U of A as well over the weekend. Man, it was a great Arizona sports. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. Even the Yeah, that was. I did, did you end up going to that game? Oh yeah, sir. Oh yeah. no, you did. <laughs> Start tailgating about nine o'clock in the morning. Didn't get home till about midnight. <laughs> man, you ain't knock out. You ain't knock out no U of A fans, did you? No, I, I actually held my held my class over the weekend. Oh, nice! Look at yeah. you. I don't know. I, you know, it's a, the maturity <laughs> and the growing up and you know, worrying about the kids. <laughs> but I, you know, I tell you though, last night at the game, I ended up uh, last second going to the game. Okay, and I had a guy Cincinnati being up behind me, and I, I, I let's just say I held my own, bit my tongue quite a bit, not turn around, just punching him in the face, man, because. There, you know, there's always those fans, but you go to the game and, hey, you're with the white team. I get your cheer for the team. and I, I want that. Bring it in, you know, because I'm going to be the same way if I'm somewhere and my team's playing. But keep it classy. Some of the stuff he was talking about, <laughs> just like, it made it that less of <laughs> desirable to go to the game. And, you know, I'm like, being a Cincinnati fan myself, I'm like, dude, you make it look bad for the Bengals fans out here, you know? <laughs> so... But just a little side note from the game. But, dude, that, that place was loud. It was rocking. Of course. Of course. And Larry at the end. So did you end up making it to the game? No, I, I just ended up just kicking it with the family, uh, watching the game um, on TV, which, you know, I enjoy it better. I'm be honest. I, I enjoy it better just in a bar or at home watching it with some friends. And, you know, you get to see the replays and you get to see the breakdown a little bit better because, you know, you at the game, the plays happen so fast. It's like, man, I didn't even know Larry was even, you know, man-to-man matchup, and it was great, you know. But, of course, I know it was rocking. I heard it all over on TV. It was it was loud on TV. So, 
Uh, we we do got to take a quick break. We after the break we're gonna discuss more about Dougie B's maturity. I think the only reason why he held his maturity down because ASU got a victory on Saturday. Uh, tons of tons of other games that happened Saturday. College football it has definitely hit a bomb um, in that top four playoff rankings. Also more football to talk about. Some teams have definitely written their last note for the season and ready getting ready for the off season. I'm telling you that now. Kwame Lasser Sports Talk Show. Demi Lachey, Dougie B, and we'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Cause we're close to the edge We're trying not to lose our heads Hey, welcome back. Welcome back in to Kwame Last of the Sports Talk Show. Demi Lachey, Dougie B is here on the lines. Man, you talking about losing heads. Let's talk about the Ohio State University taking that loss against Michigan State this weekend. Big Green came out victorious in the big shoe. Man, did, did you predict this? You know what? I don't want to say I predicted it, but I at the same time I knew one way or another it was going to be this weekend or the weekend coming up against Michigan, they were going to get the loss, because as much as an Ohio State fan I am, I couldn't argue this year with their strength and schedule. They really haven't played anybody strong yet, um, and we're talking about prior to Michigan State, so they finally end up coming and playing a caliber team with Michigan State, and look what happened. You know, I mean, I kind of, I love to see the, the Buckeyes up there in the top four, but I knew it wasn't going to last just because they had, I mean, they. Had, I shouldn't say it wasn't going to last, but the talks were there that the string of the schedule, why are they still in there? And I knew they needed the wins against Michigan, Michigan State to kind of solidify the fact that this is why Ohio State's in here because I think a lot of it came from, you know, just winning the national championship last year and looking at some of the other undefeated teams, you couldn't tell me they didn't have a tougher schedule. So, it was bound to happen. I, I was hoping they would have got the wins, and 
you know, with uh, Michigan State this this last weekend, just end up showing some of the, uh, you know, some of the weaknesses or however you want to call it. But then you got Ezekiel Elliott calling out the coaches now and the play calling. And yeah, I want to get to the good part. Like, I want to get to the good part. And there's turmoil in Columbus, Ohio. One loss, and these boys don't know how to lose. These boys do not know how to take a loss, man. It, it, one loss, everybody. your first loss in the season. And I don't think, now these crazy little playoff rankings, I don't think Ohio State, I think they still may have a chance to be in this top four. You you never know. If, you know, if, if Michigan State, Iowa, whatever that matchup is, if it's Ohio State and Iowa in the Big Ten uh, championship game, you know, you never know. This team can still oh. find a way to get into the top four. Right now, I think they're out. I think you take them out the top yep. playoffs, the top four, and maybe slide. Oklahoma might even slide all the way in there. After their two big victories, one over TCU, one over Baylor, now they go against Oklahoma State, last game of the season. Um, I think they may slide in. I, Iowa may slide up there. Um, but you do not lose your mind. I mean, this guy, Ezekiel Elliott, my good, he threw shots not only at the, some of his teammates, but uh, – to the Ohio State coaching staff. I mean, the things that he was saying, I think we got a little, little clip of it a little bit. You know, th- this guy was just going in. Yeah, and, and that kind of surprised me with the Zico because you, you haven't heard anything negative come from that guy from last year, this year. And then you have one loss and it's everything blows up and you've got you've to compose yourself. I mean, we're talking, yeah, still a kid, you know, and, early 20s, but you've got to compose yourself. You've got to stay focused because you still have, like you said, in order for Ohio State to win and continue to, or I'm sorry, not to win, but to continue to be in that top four for the playoff, they've got to beat Michigan coming up and they've got to win that Big Ten championship. If they do that, yes, there's still a possibility for them to sneak into that you know number four spot, but there's a lot of other teams that have to lose for that to happen as well. This guy, but, yeah. I mean, let, let, let's, yeah, you, you win some, you lose some. It's college football. You wasn't prepared, or you got out coached. I don't think you, they even got out coached. Michigan State was just a better team that day. It was a hard fought game. The game could have went any, either way. You were up by seven. You know, defense couldn't stop Connor cooking them boys. They marched it downfield. They tied the ball game up. They stop you again. Kick a field goal. Let's go home. It happens. How do you mature? Does Ezekiel Elliott not know his NFL executives? And you just going to bluntly just come out and say, I'm, I'm not going to play after this year as a Buckeye. I'm getting prepared for the next I'm Like, this is my last game in the shoe. Man, who do you think you are? Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely probably dropped the stock a little bit for sure because you, you don't want that. I mean, these NFL execs that are out there, you know, watching film, watching the games, that's the last thing you wanted, that negativity around you, calling out coaches because calling out your coaching staff? That. Yeah, they don't they don't want that in the NFL. Calling you out know, your it, coaching staff? Uh, Hell uh Des Bryant don't even do that. Calling out your coaching uh, staff, that's that's what you do not do. I mean, come on, I, unless it's literally like bluntly shown. It's not like it's not like Ohio State been losing. <laughs> it's not like they've been on a fifteen game losing streak, a twenty game losing streak. This team is winning. You won every game, Ezekiel Elliott, but two games in your whole career. 
and you talk about the coach and the play calling? Yeah. Are you kidding me? You can't. Oh, it, hey, it, it, the the plays is called. It's about making the play. You the player. Yeah, you you get the call in. Everybody has to do their job, not just the the, the play calling. That's that's the biggest. Whew, immature man, very immature. Yeah, man. Right, and I mean us that's played football, you can understand some of the times you kind of look at, and wonder what the coach was calling. Of course, of course. On the field, but to call to call a coach out, I mean, keep that inside, keep that in the locker room. You know, come ready to battle next week. You still got another big game against Michigan. You know, I just honestly, I lost a little bit of respect. Physical after reading about all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it just, absolutely. It just disappointed me because he was the guy when they won the national championship. He was the first one right under Urban Meyer's wing. In every picture, in every video and press conference afterward, you saw him, his arm all over Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer's talking about, I love this kid. And you just bluntly just throw this kid, this guy under the bus? Like in front, like literally, just because you're frustrated over, I, I, I ain't gonna lie. College football is an emotional game. It's some, you know, it's some drives you come back on the sideline. Like what the, like what, what in the world is coach thinking? Why would we run twenty seven power on third and eight? Why are we doing this? But it, at the same time, I'm not a coach. This is it's a strategy game. Because then in the fourth quarter, we throwing the ball on third and eight. I'm making a play. I'm excited as can be. Coach is amazing for doing that. You know, on the same formation, it's about setting up. It's a chess game. You do not throw your head football. You just won national championship with him, and then to come back and say, you know, this is my last game. Who who are you? Who who do you think you are, man? Yeah, yeah you had success under Ohio State under the cupcake schedule this year. Like now, let's throw let, let's throw some shade towards you, Elliot. I mean, I like you said, you lost a little respect. I did too, man, because I was really backing this kid up. I'm like, man, you Heisman Trophy. He should be up there. I mean, he, he's coming to play. He's putting his head down and playing football. Doesn't say anything. And now all of this comes out. Wow! And then Cardell Jones right behind us talking. What, what are you doing? Who are you talking about, Cardell? You you can't. You, you should have been gone. <laughs> like you, <Yeah. laughs> you, that was your mistake trying to prove the world that you belong as a Ohio State quarterback instead of preparing for the NFL. Which I said, JT Perry should have started over Cardell anyway. It's class and it's it's maturity standpoint. Mm-hmm. I can't speak. Yes. I mean, just listen to what he was saying. What was going on? I don't know what they were saying, but uh, honestly, it didn't work out. <laughs> it wasn't working. Did you think this could be your last game here? Um, is that why you're so disappointed you didn't get the ball more? Honestly, this is my last game in the shoe. I mean, there's no chance of me coming back next year. What? Like, come on, man. You're well, laughing during the press game. You, you laugh like no chance. Come on, there's a chance. To come back. Why? Why do you say there's no chance? Yeah, and then you know, and he did come back and apologize. Made a huge statement on Twitter. Too late. Guess what? It's too late. You cannot take back from your performance to what you did. It's and and you know, Urban Meyer also came out this morning saying you know he's not going to punish him or you know. Uh, you know, dismiss him from this weekend's game against the Michigan. He he wouldn't be on my field. Oh, you mad because no. you got eleven carries? Here, here, here's five carries. Go ahead, NFL superstar. Get ready. You ready for the NFL? Because I don't need that right now. I'm, you know, it's 
it's crazy because Urban Meyer had this kid's back like like no other. I've never seen Urban Meyer do that since uh, Tebow. You know, it's because Tebow was dating his daughter. But like you, you don't you, you don't see a head coach have a kid's back like that, especially at the running back position. I mean, I thought it was absurd. I, it was very classless, and yeah, he's young, but he knows. Ezekiel Elliott knows. Oh yeah, yeah. Just I mean, those statements are just it's you kind of catch the back and go, what? Well, you really <laughs> just say that? I mean, like you just took just, one loss to a good team. <laughs> You, you you lost to a good team, man. Get them, get, give them respect. Thinking. It was literally all all eyes on me. I didn't get the football. Like what? Come on! You took a loss to a good team. Respect it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then even for the 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 whole last game, you know, it just sounded bad. Oh, there's no chance. What? What do you mean? There's no chance? Yes, there is. There's easy. You're not, are you a senior? Are you gone? I mean, how do you say there's no chance? Like, be humble about it. You know what? It definitely is a possibility. It's something along those lines, but just not, there's no chance. He was already giving his pledge. He was already saying, I want to thank Buckeye Nation for having, like, <laughs> I understand you're frustrated, kid. I understand you are very upset, and, you know, your emotions are going right after a football game, and literally this was the game for Ohio State to prove that they belong right back in the playoffs once again. And, you know, they didn't show up all the way. They lost They lost a tough game to a tough Michigan State team, to a one-loss Michigan. Like, literally, it's football. It's the Big Ten. Y'all used to playing each other year in and year out. You just took a tough loss, man. That's it. And you're already talking about, I want to thank Buckeye Nation. Son, you've been there for a year and a half. You've been on the field for two years. Don't Don't thank me. Don't thank me. Don't thank me and throw us under the bus. He threw the whole nation under the bus. Like he, like he's above Ohio State. Like oh, I want to thank y'all. You got like two, three weeks of football left. What are you talking about? Two, three games. <laughs> it just, it just caught me, man. It caught me by surprise. Um, other news around um, college football. Yeah, ASU did come out victorious against uh, U of A. Back home where it belongs. Yeah, that too. That too. Um, uh, man, some huge shakeups right now in the Big Twelve, and I love this part of the Big Twelve season. Like, I, I believe they did this on purpose. The NCAA, whoever set this up, they did. They did a tremendous job for the Big Twelve because they do not get a uh, what is it? A conference championship game, right? And the way that they set up these last games with the four teams: Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Uh, TCU and Baylor, and they all mix and match and playing one another. That's so exciting because oh, if yeah. any of the teams above take a loss per se, like Ohio State did, uh, if Notre Dame, you know, they almost took a loss. They went in uh, nineteen sixteen and stopping Boston College, you know, comeback. If Iowa sneaks around, take a loss if they're not the real deal. And then the Big Twelve, they keep beating each other. Maybe Florida might take a loss. It's literally. I think Oklahoma has built their resume up. LSU fell off the, you know, fell off the map. They're done. It's a bunch of coaching changes that's going on as well. You see, Frank Beamer had his last game coaching at home. Um, but that 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 Big Twelve, I hope it does not get overlooked in this playoff committee, and because you know they they're going to support the SEC like no other. Somebody's going to get in there, which is well deserved. I think Alabama is deserved. They, they're Playing their schedule, 
and they're winning in their conference. And if they come out, you know, winning the the SEC, they will be well deserved. I think Clemson's going to finish off the season. Now they do have to. They may have to play um, if they obviously if they win their last game. Um, they they are looking at North Carolina in that uh, ACC championship, which I think North Carolina is going to give them a run. But if Clemson comes out, obviously they're in there. And then those last two spots, it's open. I think Oklahoma has found their way in, and there's these two huge back-to-back victories. Yeah, you've got. I mean, you've got some viable teams coming to fight for that three-four spot. Like you said, there, there's still a lot of football left. You know, and, and anything can happen. But yeah, with TCU, Baylor, and all. I mean, mm-hmm. what happened with them last year and the controversy, and well, we should have had a champion. I mean, it's just. I don't understand why there's. Not championship, but I can't wait till the NCAA and college football expands it to the fourth playoff team and expands it out. Oh yeah, because there's a lot of quality teams, you know. And and realistically, if you look at last year, and I think it's going to come out like this again this year, you could. Ha- I mean, you could you could make an argument for probably the top six, maybe eight to be in that top four as well, too. You know, and it's just, it's a room of guys sitting around and saying, eh, we'll take this team, we'll take this team. There's no real rhyme or reason except what they come up with, you know, in the closed-door meeting. So, you know, I'm excited for the fact that eventually it's going to be a little bit bigger than just four because there are a lot of teams. There's another two to four teams that you could easily put in place and switch out. And, I mean, look at Ohio State last year, sneaking in at number four and ends up coming and winning the championship. So, you know, it just tells you, just just like the NFL, with the way they set the playoffs up, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's wrong. And it's it, college football is headed in the right direction, but I'll be glad when the little four team is gone with because you're not going to have as much controversy as you are right now. I mean, you had a controversy last year with TCU and a couple of it, Baylor and everything else, and like I said, you can make the argument. So, yeah, a lot of football left. We'll see what happens with the last couple of weeks. And you know, Ohio State, Michigan, still a good game. You still got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Taylor. I just, yeah, the next couple of weeks of college football is going to be exciting, and we'll see how it all pans out towards the end, and who gets in, and who doesn't, and what controversy comes up, and going to be a good time, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And with this last game coming up, uh, we got a couple seconds here before break. This Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game, Oklahoma State just shot themselves in the foot and literally found their way outside of the national championship, in which we're used to seeing with Oklahoma State. They all, and Whenever it comes down to that big game, they always take a loss at the end of the year. Now it's even a bigger game with them hosting you know, OU. I think Oklahoma has found their way in. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We'll be right back uh, after the break. Coming up in our last segment, discuss uh, movements around the NFL. Cowboys getting back on track, getting ready for Thursdays against the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton, MVP candidate. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, and we'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back into the last segment today, Monday. Demi Lachey is here in studio. Thank you, Dougie B, for calling in. Hope you have a great holiday. It's talking about no scrubs, man. Let's, let's, it, the NFL is a no scrub league. If you're a scrub team, you know, trying to flirt around and uh, don't make the best of your opportunity, then obviously it's not meant to be for you. Not meant to be for you for this season. And, you know, let's let's not waste the time to deal with it. One team that I, I, that I want to call out, that I, I had, you know, kind of some faith in, you know, I thought they were going to get some victories under their belt here in the next couple of weeks. And literally with this game coming up uh, that, that was played yesterday, um, I thought, they were just going to run through this team and show the NFL, like, okay, we're here and we're here to stay. It was one of them AFC-NFC matchups, but the team that they went to go play against, literally, it's been atrocious this season. They have not played great football. I'm talking Matt Stafford and the Detroit Lions with them coming victorious over the Oakland Raiders. I thought the Raiders, you know, I wanted them to show the NFL, like, they're here to stay, even out the AFC West with the way, you know, how disappointing the Chiefs have been this season. And the Chargers, that the Raiders are, you know, hey, we're going to make the best of our moment this season. Now, you can't count them out, but I think they definitely scrubbed out and literally hurt their chances of either playoff or just being competitive, you know, to that last game of the season. You never know. And now they took an, taking a step all the way back and them taking that loss 18-13 on the road. I mean, they were up going in the fourth quarter. They were up, you know, 13-9. And, you know, Matt Stafford and the boys, you know, they found a way. But as a Raiders team, you know, that high-powered offense with Cooper and Carr leading the way, I literally thought this was going to be a significant victory for them to get it on the road to show that they're here to stay. Also took a a, a tough loss, in which I hate, because it it, it makes my my team another nervous team uh, going into another week with the Texans, you know, coming victorious over the Jets. And what in the world happened on Revis Island this weekend? I mean, literally Hopkins was was on vacation and chilling and having a great time on the island because I did not expect Houston to win this game one bit, not at all. With that defense and with the Jets, it, this Jets defense has disappeared these past couple of weeks, and no one has really, um, you know, said too much about it, but it's on notice. You know, this defense is starting to fade away a little bit, and especially against the Houston Texans. I mean, come on. I mean, they, they literally have no quarterback. 
they, they they had to run trick plays to knock off this Jets defense and knock them loose. But to put up 24 points, it, it was just like, come on, man. I, I thought, you know, the Jets were going to hold their own, get their, get this road victory, get Fitzpatrick, you know, back going. With him coming back from his injury and his uh, – his left thumb injury and, you know, his off-throwing hand. I thought, you know, that they were going to make a significant, you know, charge towards a victory. But taking a loss again in Houston, you know, no scrubs belong in this league. You know, it's it's literally, it's literally you come, take to make the best of your moment, or you do not. The Jets, the Raiders, and also the Eagles, you know. Jameis Winston having a career day. You know, now they, they up their, their resume a little bit. And now they're sitting at five and five, and the Eagles drop down to four and six, and I think the Eagles are done now. Uh, Chip Kelly, your, I believe your time is done. I know earlier in the season, actually before the season, we discussed on the show here. You know, if Chip Kelly does not, you know, win enough ball games or is not competitive in the NFC East, is he going to have his job this season? And obviously, the sources are speaking that it's more talks, rumors are spreading that this may be, you know, Chip Kelly's last game. He, I'm pretty sure he, he's getting significant calls all around college football. Uh, every college, almost every college football program wants a guy like Chip Kelly. Uh, even with the movements right now, in college football before the season's even over, so many coaches that's getting fired or let go. And you know what happens at the end of the college football season? I mean, coaches jump out of positions, go here, there, elsewhere. It's going to be a lot of positions open, and of course, they're all dialing up Chip Kelly. And his success is not proven, you know, his way is in the NFL. He tried to come in the NFL. He tried to come to the Eagles organization and change everything. Get rid of literally the talented superstar players instead of trying to coach them and, you know, trying to get on their level and their mindset. And, you know, as a coach, you know, you got to have those tough conversations with your best players. He didn't want that. He just chose the easy way out. It was like, hey, we'll, we don't need guys like Deshaun Jackson. We don't need guys like LaShawn McCoy. Jeremy Macklin, are you kidding me? You're in the NFC East. This this was their division to win, especially with his offense and the way they flowed. Then you get rid of Nick Foles, and you know bringing in Bradford. Now Bradford's not there. Then you now you got to rely on Sanchez, who you know shouldn't be getting into it with no Demarco Murray or anyone on the sidelines. Please, hey, we we still talking about you the same Mark Sanchez of what we know you as. Nothing's changed. Come on, man. You get, it's your first start of the season, and you're trying to get in guys' face. Get out of here. Nobody believes in you. And I think no one believes in Chip Kelly anymore for that uh, Eagles organization. It's proven. It's showing that guys are not being bought in. But then you look at the other half. You look at the other teams um, that have stepped up to the plate. Uh, one team in particular, the Denver Broncos. You know, Brock Osweiler, I know we talked about earlier in the show, him being a former ASU guy, finally getting his first start of his career and, you know, he, he came out and played big, had, had a big game, went, went in 17-15 at Chicago in the freezing cold, had ice chills all over the field, and Osweiler did his thing. He was very efficient, 20 of 27, two touchdowns. He did get sacked quite a few times, but, you know, it, it's cold weather. You know, it, you're not going to get that much more protection, and, you know, defense, it is turns to more of a defensive game, especially playing in Chicago. But I believe he held his own. I think he had a tremendous game one. But I didn't like about, you know, the way he, he went about it after the post game. You know, in his post game conference, he made it seem like this was his job and, like, you know, paid no dividends, no contribute to what Peyton Manning, you know, 
as if he like didn't get anything from Peyton. And, you know, all week everyone's saying how Peyton Manning's not around the organization, how he's doing his whole thing. Brock, Brock Osweiler has been in the league for quite some time. He's not your average, you know, first start, you know, type of guy where it's like year one for him. This is his fourth year in the NFL. He's been under Peyton Manning for all four years. I mean, come on. This is it's kind of like no, nah, I don't want to do it, but it's the similarity, same situation as like Aaron Rodgers was under Brett Favre, under a Hall of Fame quarterback. You may not speak words to this guy. You know, you may not spend holidays with one another. But when you're in the meeting room, you see how this guy operates. He shows you how to be a professional. And Peyton Manning's an open guy, especially with all his quarterbacks that he's ever had in his uh, as backup quarterbacks in his career. He's always supported them one one day after another. So I know for four straight years, he's learned so much from Peyton Manning and didn't even tip the hat off to him. Maybe I'm just being a Colts fan. Maybe it's just that Colts thing coming out of me. But you got to pay, you know, some tribute. You got to say, hey, you know, being unpaid for four years, I learned something, you know, try to have this guy's back, not just, oh, I'm here, it's my time. You know, I've been waiting for this. I've been knowing I can do this. It's it's game one. It was against the Chicago Bears. We'll see. And you do got a tremendous offense, you know, with the guys having a ton of confidence that Peyton Manning came in there and built out of, you know, Demarius Thomas, out of, uh, some playmakers. Vernon Davison's now over there now, but Owen Daniels and uh, C.J. Anderson, Cody Latimer. I mean, Peyton Manning has built that. And now you just sliding in the door, you know, playing substitute teacher. I hope he makes the best out of it. I hope, you know, because I think Peyton Manning, I think he, he needs to shut it down. I think his time is done. And I want to see Brock Osweiler have success, but, you know, give credit where credit is due. Obviously, you wasn't a year one, year two, year three starter. Heck, year four, it was on the plate. Thank God, you know, Peyton Manning, with age catching up to him and injuries. Now, thank God, Osweiler, that it's, it's around that time that they even still had you on the roster as a backup. So make the best of it. Yes, I agree. You know, it was his birthday. He got a victory. That's huge. You know, that's, that's, that's a dream come true. I'm glad for him. Now let's get to this, this dang on. Obviously, the Panthers did not make the best of their situation with Carolina going 10 and 0. Cam Newton now is headed to uh America's team. The biggest showdown, the biggest spotlight, Thanksgiving Day. Everyone will be watching across not just the country, the world on Thanksgiving Day. Cam Newton taking the 10 and 0 Panthers into Dallas. Tony Romo's home, Jerry Jones playpen. And the talks uh, is already starting up with the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I was happy to see Romo back. I like Tony Romo. I like Tony Romo. He's a great regular season quarterback. Um, he's obviously a huge piece to the Dallas Cowboys' success. So when he goes out, you know, everybody is like, oh, man, they're not going to win anything. And you know they're not because Romo really holds it down like that for the Cowboys. He, he has that upper echelon quarterback talent. But let's not let, let, let's not be too too cautious. Let's not be too ready to jump back on and saying that these boys is ready for the playoffs because Romo's back in. They won against the struggling Miami Dolphins in which they shot themselves in the foot. This league is not meant for the scrubs. Dallas is is three and seven now. Everybody's already jumping on the band. Even Vegas. Vegas has Dallas as a one point uh, one and a half point you know victory over. The Carolina Panthers already. I think they're doing this on purpose, man. It, it, it's so funny 
when one guy literally comes back and how the Dallas Cowboy Nation, Cowboys fans, go freaking crazy. I think Cam Newton and them boys is going to tear the, tear the Cowboys up. Maybe I'm making an early prediction. I need to get it out the way because obviously Thursday we will you know, not be here, not be on air. But I think Cam Newton and them boys is going to come out flames throwing. They're going to destroy the Cowboys. I'm sorry to say a Cowboy Nation. I, I think it's going to be a great game, but they're going to destroy the hearts of Cowboy Nation. They're going to put, you know, this whole theory, no team has ever made the playoffs going 2-7. and seven. It's time to shut all that. Get out of fantasy land. It's football. That Carolina defense is playing like no other all season. It's not just because they went against the Washington Redskins. No, this team is here to stay. They're going to prove with Josh Norman going to be going one-on-one with, with Dez. It's going to be a fun game to watch seeing Keekly run around the field, chasing around Jason Witten and them boys. That D-line is ready to go. Greg Hardy facing the old team. You know, the, the, the Panthers and Ron Rivera, how that situation ended. It's The Panthers, literally, this is a big moment for them. This is the time to show, you know, the world that y'all are here to stay. Dab it all you want, Cam Newton. Dab it up. Please do. Because I can't wait. I can't wait for that Thanksgiving Day matchup. I can't believe so many fans have really jumping on that bandwagon saying that they can do it. It's never happened before, and I don't think it's going to happen this season. If any team can do it with the talent that the Cowboys have, of course. They have the best offensive line in football. If you have a great interior asset to your team, your predicted uh, your winning percentage is very high because that's where it all starts in the trenches up front. If you have a dominant performance up there and then your D-line's playing really, really well and Greg Hardy has calmed down with Jerry Jones in his ear, whispering in his ear, to, hey, man, chill it out a little bit on your post game, on your conference talking. Let Give the respect to the Carolina Panthers. Give the respect to what they're doing. It all starts in the trenches. So, yeah, Dallas Cowboys do have that talent, but not against Carolina, not this Thursday. Uh, it's going to be some fun games being played um, on Thanksgiving. Team that's also st- a team that also stepped up to play, in which I was scratching my head. Of, 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 of course, my my team. I got to stay loyal to my home team and the Colts. Uh, with them standing at five hundred, I was a bit nervous. You know, with Hasselbeck coming in, Hasselbeck's undefeated. He's three and zero. Why am I complaining? Why am I so worried? I, I shouldn't have anything to worry about. But they did play a very great team in the in Atlanta Falcons, and I thought, you know, that Matt Ryan and Julio Jones show was going to take over, in which Julio did have a tremendous game, nine catches, 160 yards, but that defense came to play with the Colts, uh, forcing three turnovers. Actually, it was like two defensive turnovers for Indianapolis. But, you know, Matt Ryan's credited for three picks. That That just shows you. You know, that Indianapolis, that there's some players that's ready to step up because of the lapse of Andrew Luck and him, you know, going to be down for quite some time. And they're talking about he has potential return mid-December. I mean, we'll see. But as long as Hasselbeck is in there, man, that game manager at the age of 40, he's 3-0. and He had two touchdowns, two, inter- two through two interceptions, had two turnovers. But they find a way to win. I think Frank Gore is going to touch the ball even more. He led the team in receptions, having five catches, 46 yards. I mean, literally, five catches, 46 yards. That's your number one receiver. That shows you that the Colts are literally breaking this thing down, taking their time, uh, throwing little dump passes here and there. They're just going to piece you apart with the veteran at, at Hasselback. 
And, you know, the running game will need to step up. But you got two savvy veterans in the mob, Bradshaw and Frank Gore. I think they can get the job done. But that defense literally stepped up to the plate against a very, very talented group in Atlanta Falcons, you know, shutting down that run game between uh, Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman and then, you know, letting Julio do what Julio does, but no one else, you know, stepped up. No one else, they did not allow anyone else to perform. Getting a pick six was huge. They just found a way to win. Then it becomes a big game tonight. Huge game tonight. This this. This game right here, I'm, I'm very excited to see. Between, you know, Buffalo Bills, New England Patriots, kick it off here Monday night, tonight. I, I can't wait to see Buffalo travel to New England. With Tyrod Taylor coming back, you know, last week, and him, you know, the players getting used to that confidence on the offensive end, getting that leader back, and then having, you know, with New England, having Edelman down. I mean, their next, you know, their philosophy is next man up. I think, you know, is going to get a lot of more throws his way, but... I think Edelman is a huge loss. Just the way he played the football, the way he plays, you know, the wide receiver position, the way he plays the game of football, he goes, he goes and gets that extra, you know, extra yards. He he goes in and attacks as much as he can. He doesn't just leave it up to Gronk. Gronkowski is a huge, significant part, and I think Brady and the boys is going to keep narrowing down towards Gronkowski. I believe the Patriots are going to find a way to win this game, as as what they do, but. I would not be surprised if Buffalo wins. You know, I would not be surprised if Rex Ryan find a way. He is the only coach in the NFL that can beat Bill Belichick and them boys, no matter if they cheat, whatever it has to be. Him and Tom Coughlin, of course, but in that AFC East for sure. If it's not Rex, it's not anyone. So I would not be surprised if Buffalo wins the game. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Unfortunately, we are out of time. I have to get out of here. You all enjoy your Monday. Enjoy your holiday. Uh, I may not be and tomorrow, but if, if I am, you'll catch me tomorrow. If not, you all have a great holiday. Thanks for tuning in with Demery Lachey, Dougie B. Thanks for calling in once again, and we will catch you tomorrow. We are out. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.